Hey, my name is Caleb, and as always, I'm joined by my lovely wife, Chelsea, and this is Tuesday. Hello, everyone. We are back. Yes, we have been quite busy, haven't we, love? We have. It's been a busy five months. I think our last episode was when we were on vacation, so that was like mid-May. It was like the perfect timing for a vacation right before the storm, the the calm before the storm. And it's just been pretty hectic since then. And maybe you want to share a little bit, a little bit about what we've been up to. Well, I've been up to a lot. I started a new job the week after our vacation. So maybe a couple days after our last episode came out, I started a new job So that took a while to adjust to. I take a while to adjust to new things in general, even when there are positive things like a new job. So it took me a while to get into the new rhythm of a new job, all new clients. So that can just take a bit to get used to because you you build familiarity with people. And then when it's all new people, you have to build that all over again. And it just takes a while to get to that level with people. So yeah. that was that was one thing was me adjusting to a new job. Yeah, especially going from one counseling place to another, especially going into private practice kind of stuff. Yeah, it's a very different system than a university counseling center. Yes. Yeah. So there's a lot of things to learn. So that that was that that took up a lot of my mental space was just getting used to all of that. You were out of town a bit between yeah. kids camp, between <clears throat> different retreats that you went on, between district council that you went to. You were gone. Yes, to clarify, if you didn't know, I work at a church. So I had all those different things, whether it be running camp or going to uh, meetings out of town and staying at different places. So that was part of the busyness. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> yes so there was some inconsistency with just like trying to find a schedule to do episodes because mm-hmm. you would be here and then we had seven weddings over basically a month and a half so pretty much in july we were at a wedding every weekend in july yes we so were... just a lot of people got married this summer that we knew we got to be a part of a few of those weddings so it was, fun. it was fun. It was fun. It was crazy. And so we we just had to like, okay, you know, like we never wanted this podcast to be something that was like, oh, this is just something we have to do. And it always was meant to be a fun thing. And for our date nights, mm-hmm. I think we talked about that in our intro video or video. You can't see us. <laughs> Silly me. <laughs> in our intro uh, to the podcast. And so... We just wanted this to be a fun thing between us. <laughs> you almost said video again, I know. didn't you? Yes. <laughs> so oh, I knew it. Yeah. Yeah, we never wanted this to feel like a burden or to feel like, oh, we have to do this. And so in the midst of all of that, we just felt like we needed to put this on the back burner for a little bit and just prioritize all the other stuff that we had going on. Yeah, and we had a a pretty big thing going on. We were trying to get everything sorted with doing what, my love? We bought a house. We bought a house, which was a crazy ride and a crazy story for another time. Yes. But it was crazy, and we were definitely blessed by some really awesome friends. And so we're excited about it, and we're, we were moving in kind of stuff, and now we're kind of settled in, which is nice, and... Here we are, back to the podcast. Yes, coming at you from our new house. Yeah, and... Not that you can see what it is anyway, but we are sitting in our house as we record this episode. Yeah, and so we we wanted to talk about the topic of hurry and talk about busyness and how that affects our marriages or relationships and how we can learn to slow down. And I know... Mm-hmm. Like we just were telling you how busy our 
our summer was, and it was, but in the midst of all that, we found other times to slow down and times to just relax and be with each other, and sadly just didn't include this podcast at the time, but here we are. Here we are. Here we are. We tried to slow down. I don't think we always succeeded at that, but we tried to. Now that it feels like the dust has settled a bit more in our lives, I think it's easier to slow down because now it doesn't feel like we have to move as fast. But then you could always make the argument, did we ever have to move that fast in the first place? It's true. And I think for me, it's been a very very long journey so far of trying to slow down my life personally um back in what was it 2019 i think so like right at the new year like january 2020 was it 2020 january of 2020 i think it was end of 2019 january 2020 i read a book called the ruthless elimination of hurry by john mark comer and shout out to those that have read it but it is so good and it just talks about different things that like cause hurriness and there was one thing that like really really got me and <clears throat> that thing was it was talking about uh symptoms of hurry sickness like irritability and like, getting mad and just annoyed way too easily or hypersensitivity taking minor comments that just hurt my feelings like like why was I so on edge and like I think you could even notice it for a while, like before I started practicing these things and mm-hmm. restlessness. I never felt like I had time to slow down and rest or relax. Like I never had that time. And I just was constantly needing to do stuff like a workaholic pretty much. Mm-hmm. And there was even emotional numbness with it. Like I just didn't have the ability to to connect emotionally to you or connect emotionally to many people at all because I was just so drained and I think part of that is with the out of order priorities from it like when you're feeling rushed and feeling hurried your priorities get all out of whack which is sad because then now I'm prioritizing my work over my time with you or my myself over you because I'm so restless in those things and there was couple other things that I noticed whether it be just lack of care for myself like what I was eating and I just felt like I was eating more and just anything to kind of like have something to feel good or feel like okay I can relax if I have this pizza I don't know it was was something like that it was well and part of it is when you're when you're going so fast like at least with food you you're not fully aware of what you're eating or how much you're eating your body doesn't have a chance to register what is happening so your mind thinks i can keep i can keep eating this i can keep eating this but you're already full you've already had enough that you need but you're going so fast that you like you it doesn't register until then you overeat and then you have that moment of oh crap should not have had that fifth slice no and it's it was just sad it was just like one of those things and I was even it's crazy because I'm very extroverted I really love surrounding myself with people but even I was having like this like isolation I just wanted to be my be by myself sometimes or just kind of do something nummy kind of escape reality for a second whether that would be video games I was playing a lot of video games before like kind of slowing down more and Binging Netflix and a lot of social media. Lots and lots of social media. Lots of politics. Lots of politics not, stuff. Not your best time No, it wasn't. And like, indulging I, in politics. Man, and, which is crazy to me thinking about it now because like, a lot of that led to my anxiousness. Led to my freaking out. Like the world's gonna end and like we need to be prepared. And thinking about it now is like wow like it's kind of an overreaction to 
just what we're taking in because that's all I was taking in for so long. And especially because it was quarantine right before I read that book. It was already started quarantine. And well, you actually, I read know. it right before quarantine. Yeah. But I fell out of it during quarantine. Yeah. And so that was a really rough thing. And yeah. that's kind of when I noticed that, like, oh, like this affects our relationship when I started to think and revisit yeah. the book. So, I don't yeah. know, it was it was one of those things that I think it really helped when I went back and was like, okay, what are different things that help me? And there's things that I constantly battle with because, I don't know, our phones are addicting. TV shows are meant to be good enough to watch over and over again. And so they're constantly pulling at me because I want that and I want to take the easy way of like, oh, I would so much rather watch a tv show than just sit and talk you know it's easier after a long day to just Mm -hmm. shut my brain off yeah well the book i feel like we could get into two separate discussions (laughs) one on technology usage and one on slowing down your life and i do coincide a little bit but that could easily be a whole other episode is technology and technology's influence on ourselves and on our relationships. But since we're focusing on hurry itself and not yeah. necessarily just the technological aspect of it, I always think it's interesting to have conversations with ourselves of like, what do I gain from being this busy? What do I actually achieve from this? What's the point of this? And I don't think we always like the answers sometimes. Like, the more that we keep digging and pressing into those sort of questions like busyness is I think a lot of times something that's used to mask having to deal with unpleasant things having to think about unpleasant situations having to process unpleasant emotions I think a lot of times we try to just stay busy stay distracted so we don't have to think about that and there's benefit to doing that like to an extent but your problems are still going to be there no matter how hard you're trying to be busy and avoid them. Like, it doesn't change that. Mm. It honestly, I think, just creates more of a problem in the long run. So yeah. that's where I think there's benefit in asking yourself, like, why am I so busy and what do I gain from this? Like, what's, or at least what's the intended gain? Yeah, and I think that kind of goes back to, you know, like the out of order priorities too, of like the busyness takes away of like is this really supposed to be my priority of being busy with all these things and structuring okay what is the most important thing because really what the most important thing is is usually what you're giving the most time to and so I think Mm -hmm. we can get addicted to the rush you know like I I constantly hear people talk about like man I was just so busy this weekend I worked like two overtime shifts and I even worked that and then someone's like oh you think that's busy like this was even busier and it's like wow oh, yeah. like, the, the look at you and it's like why why are we whose life is busier like it was like a celebratory like haha I was busier than you because I think busyness gets often confused with success like well it's I'm glorified busier. the it busier is. you are people think it means the more successful you are the more hard working that you are the more money that you can have etc etc that it, it starts to become this competition of who can be busier than who and I've never really understood why that's a, viewed as a positive thing like when people say yeah I worked 60 hours this week and they're proud of that my internal response is why are you happy about that? That sounds awful. And you're not happy about it on the outside because then conversations usually lead into like, yeah, I worked 60 hours this week and didn't have time to spend with my spouse or with my kids or with my friends. Like, haven't been able to do this and this and this. It just confuses me. I don't fully understand the the celebration that happens of how busy we can be. I don't think it's a thing to celebrate. I think it's something that there should be concern for people when they say that, like, wow, like, are you okay? 
what's going on there and like explore that a little bit yeah and i think i don't know it's just sad to hear those things from people because it is almost celebrated or understood way too regularly like oh yeah i get me too yeah it's normalized it's too normal which is funny because you know doing research into this stuff i was fascinated to think like back so back in the 70s they actually thought the problem of the future we would have too much leisure time too much leisure time are you kidding like that is so opposite of what we headed to and i think people were scared of that that they were scared of just becoming this like culture that was just all about leisure that they you know worked towards the opposite which was too much work there was never a balance there's no there's no boundaries that came with working and home life and Mm -hmm. how many times do we see people like even working at a church i i cannot tell you how many conversations i've had with like couples or someone who comes in by themselves saying you know like i'm just struggling because my wife and i aren't connecting right now because they're always working or we never see each other and I'm sure you see it all the time being in counseling. There's people that struggle and there's that pro- oh, yeah. there's the mixed priorities. Yeah. I value work over you. Right. There's that and then there's also the just endless clients that will come in and they'll say I'm so stressed and so we'll actually start to lay out what does a typical day, what does a typical week look like for them? And it's just endless amounts of busyness. Sometimes it's work, other times it's, okay, after work, then I have to run and do this, and then I have to do that, and then I want to do this, and then I do that, and, like, there's no time for sleep, there's no time for exercise, there's no time for social connections, and they're unhappy. Yeah. None of my clients really say that they like that, even if it's something that they're really struggling to change. I can't think of any of them off the top of my head that have said, well, that's not a problem. A lot of times it's, yeah, that's a problem, but I don't know how to fix it. Mm. And I don't know if I want to fix it. It's, it's really quite just an addiction, like a socially acceptable addiction. It is. Just like other addictions, like it takes away from what really matters and it, sucks you in until it spits you out like dry you know like it is there to to just take you away from everything your family your spouse like even your friendships like I know especially when I was in those hurry times like those escapist behaviors that I had you know always wanting to be on social media always wanting to be on Netflix always wanting to play video games like those things are, those were my escapist behaviors. And there was times where you needed me, but I was like, nah, I just want to play my video games. Like, or no, I'm just like, even though I was with you, I was distracted by social media, just constantly scrolling. Yeah. And, or talking about politics or something like that. And I was like, well, mm-hmm. you don't feel loved. And I've misprioritized, like, oh, I just need to be there to listen to you. And, you know, a lot of people, though, they struggle with escapist behaviors of, like, pornography or things that are maybe cheating because it is the easy thing outside, like, because they know their marriage takes work, but they're yeah. so busy that they don't want to work on it because or that's just another thing. they don't know how. Yeah, they, either they don't know how, so they, they don't, don't see it because they're too busy, or they just want something quick and easy, so why not a one-night stand, or why not just look at porn, you know, like something super easy escape route out of whatever it is that they're trying to fill themselves with because they're too busy and too hurried. Yeah, I think that there becomes... It just becomes an issue when you're addicted to anything. Even something like exercise or... That that leads into, like, workaholism. Anytime there's... A holism after something, probably not a great thing. Probably not a great structure in your life. But it goes back to what we said that it seems like working and productivity is so <clears throat> glorified and so worshipped that people don't see it as an addiction to work. Oh. And it's not even work as in like your actual job 
how you make money. Work can be all these extra other little things that's not restful, that's not restorative. Work is taking care of the laundry and the dishes and cleaning and taking care of the the yard and running errands. Like, it's all work. It's all work to an extent. And so anytime there's a holism attached to something, I just think that is an area of, of concern. And I think as people who care about one another, if you have friends or family members and you think they're like a workaholic, I always think it's necessary to address that and, and just voice concern because I think people would voice concern if somebody was getting into drugs, being yeah. addicted to drugs. It's it's still damaging, like being addicted to work is. Different types of damage. Right. Different types of damage, for sure. But there's still damage that's being done. Like, work starts to become the center of people's lives. Is then how can I be the most productive person ever? And it starts to kind of cloud relationships, self-care, spiritual growth, really everything. They said that in the, the podcast of, what's his name? Oh, Jefferson Bethke and John Mark Comer. They talked about how busyness kills empathy it kills your ability to care about other people i know i see that in me sometimes when i get too busy i'm like i don't care well i just don't i don't care about that i have to get this done right now or even it doesn't even have to be like that extreme like there's times where like you you've had a busy day and you come home and like you are just like sitting there yeah yeah yeah, but I can tell, like, you don't care because, like, you're kind of just done. You're just finished with the day, you know? Yeah. But, I mean, all these things play into hurry, but, like, we do want to talk about how can we slow down. And I think the first step to slowing down is listening now what's causing the hurry. And I think that was something I had to do. I started journaling things of trying to look inwardly at my life and say, okay, what are the things taking me away from my priorities and making a list of my priorities as well? That was part of it was, okay, I want to prioritize my marriage. I want to prioritize my friendships, my family, um, my walk with Jesus first and foremost. And those were things I had to list. Is my life reflecting that? And it was completely not. It was very much so almost opposite. When I looked at it, it was like, this is kind of scary. And so there's a lot of different ways that we can slow down. Love, do you want to share one? (laughs) Just throw it right over into your core. Put me on the spot. No pressure. Um, It has to be life-changing. A way to slow down hurry. I'm trying to think, what have I done, practically speaking, I think sometimes it's it's just small little things like I'm going to put my phone away half hour before <clears throat> I go to bed. Yeah, like that sort of thing. Parenting your phone, putting you know just like parents like they put their kids to bed before they go to bed because they want time to themselves and we should be doing that with our phones because it is taking us away and if we can allow ourselves to put them away. Yeah. And putting your phone away if you're interacting with other people, too. Because mm-hmm. there, I think there's this sometimes internal pressure of what's going on in the social media world. What's going on in the virtual world. I need to know. I need to stay up today. I need to know the news. I need to see who posted what on Instagram. I need to see this TikTok that somebody sent me. And then you're doing that, but you're not fully present with the people in front of you and so I think that's a way to start to slow down hurry and like just the internal noise in our own minds is to just focus on the people that we're with when we're with them and then you can go look at your phone and then you can go on Instagram and look at the video somebody sent you but I think we think we can do both at the same time but we really can't we really can't do both that well I think also like it's almost a boundary issue of like you're letting people and there's almost like this pressure to 
to respond to people that text you so there's like this no boundary like ever like you never have a spot away from people or expected to respond back to people when you're at home because they're like well I texted you didn't you get my text and like having a set time to where you put your phone away kind of gives you a break from that pressure pressure. of oh I have to respond I have to respond I have to respond I'm notoriously bad at responding to people I don't respond to people for a full day so it doesn't need to be that drastic which I don't even necessarily like that I take that long to respond to people but I think even just delaying the time that you respond unless it's something that's like an emergency or it's pertinent information if it's just like a hey look at this funny thing that I sent you that doesn't need an immediate response. And that could start to cut out this pressure of hurry, respond, as soon as you get notification, read it, that kind of thing. Then I also think moving away from the technological aspect, just learning how to say no is a big way to reduce hurry and stress, but arguably one of the hardest things for people to do. Yeah, especially, like, me, I'm very extroverted and want to say yes to everything because I have some serious fear of missing out. And I'll, like, constantly just, like, hear about an event and just shoot this glare over to to my love and just be like, love, love, we got to go. Like, we've got to go to this. We can't miss this. And she's like, we're already doing something. I was like, well, we can try to do both. And, like, being okay with saying no has been very... Honestly, it's been very freeing to me because I know what's going on. I know what's happening. I don't always feel this pressure to be everywhere. And I don't feel like I have to say yes to everything anymore. And in doing so, I've been able to be like, yeah, no. Or like say no to things that I didn't have something planned. But knowing that I need the time to be with with Chelsea and be here and spend time with her that has been huge for me because like it's different and I'm not gonna be like or she's not gonna be like hey yeah I know your friend's only in town for this one day for the entire year no you can't hang out with them no she's not gonna say that but if it's someone that I could see any other day like she's definitely gonna feel not loved by me choosing that over her and so I think it goes down to priorities as well. Like the more that you say yes to things, the less mental space you have for sometimes the people that matter the most to you that sometimes I feel like I get too busy that everyone else and all these other things get like, like the, the main chunk of my energy and my attention and my empathy. And then because I'm so busy, you get, whatever's left like you get the scraps you get the minimum and that's not really fair to you and that's not really how it should be with people that we care about the most like they shouldn't be getting the leftover junk that we're giving to them and just throwing them a bone they should be getting some more and not necessarily like all of our time and energy goes to the people we care about the most that's not realistic but I think that could be an area of introspection and area of observation of when I'm saying yes to things how does that impact the time with the people I care about the most the people that are my top priority because if the things that you're saying yes to continuously pull you away from the people you care about the most and you don't feel like you typically have a lot of mental energy to give them and they're only getting what's left Maybe that's an area where some of those things that you say yes to can start to get cut out. Even if it's just cutting out one thing, that's a good start. Yeah, I think eliminating physical elimination already. But now eliminating things that are unnecessary from our lives is very freeing. And uh, I think that's really good. I was also thinking about different ways to slow down and I think sometimes it sounds weird but sometimes doing other things allows you to slow down and slow your mind and slow down your soul a little bit like 
for me, something that really helped me slow down and still helps me slow down is actually taking the time to read a book mm. or, or journaling. Because for me, I am so busy and my mind's always going, always, always going. So I need somewhere to put down those thoughts. And so I started writing them down on paper. Like, I think it was really important for me to like, actively put them out on paper what am i thinking or what am i stressing about because other otherwise they're just trapped in there and that's the anxiety that's where it's coming from mm -hmm. this stuff is just floating around everywhere and it's like i can't grab and really understand so when i finally can pinpoint something i'm quick to write it down and like once it's out on paper this is probably even like some counseling technique i'm not even sure but <laughs> <laughs> it sounds like it. it was it's very therapeutic to me is like I am able to just slow down enough and be aware enough like that is the biggest thing is awareness mm -hmm. by just being aware of what's going on and journaling it allows me to slow down my life I and it forces me to slow down my life to look inward that's what it does it forces you to slow down mm -hmm. and same with reading like you have to to take the time to read a book like it's not being read to you all the time i i like audible i love it but sometimes i have to physically be reading the words because then it allows me room to pause to think to sit and just sit in silence and be okay with silence see what i did there <laughs> But, Sitting uh, in silence. Yeah, it, it can feel so cringy because I, it's funny because I realize there's this weird want for always going and that I almost feel bad sometimes when I have nothing to do, but really it, it's a good thing to have. Yeah, I agree. I think that anything that's done in extremes can cause a lot of damage over time. Like, there are busy seasons, there are busy days, there are busy weeks. That thing, that's normal. But I think it can become a problem when it starts to become chronic. When there's, there's chronic hurry, there's chronic busyness, it feels like it's never going to stop. Mm. That that's when I think it can get a little sticky. Because there are days that you just have a, a busy day okay or or you have a busy month depending on what people's jobs are different seasons of the year are busier than others so i think that there's some there's normalcy in busyness i think it's what we do with it and how we try to eliminate what's not necessary because there are people who they do work 50 60 70 hours a week because yeah. they have to not because they want to, but because financially they have to do that. And so that's a very real reality for people. And it's not simple to say, well, you just need to work less. Like some people actually they, can't. Yeah, exactly. And so with that, I think if you are in a situation where you have to work, whether you're in like a full-time student and you have to get your homework done, you have to study or you have to work this much, Maybe it's about maximizing the, the downtime that you have and prioritizing that for restorative things instead of adding, oh, I don't have to work and, uh, or I get, I, oh, I get off work at eight. So then let me go and do this extra thing with the three hours before I yeah. go to sleep. Like maybe there, that's an area to analyze more and look at ways to capitalize on downtime when you do have to work yeah. crazy hours. Yeah. No, I want them to hear kind of just like our experience with uh, how it's affected our relationship um, personally, just by whether it be slowing down or what how hurry did, because, you know, I shared a little bit about, you know, it, it caused me to have like almost a disconnect with you and uh, something that I struggled with and still struggle with sometimes is taking my phone to bed. And, like, constantly needing to feel like I need to mm -hmm. research random things and look up the most, I don't know, there, 
irrelevant things. Irrelevant <laughs> facts. Like, I don't know why. I just really enjoy them. But I, I spent so much time doing that, and I think that took a lot away from you feeling loved during that time or prioritized. Well, it frustrated me. It frustrated me because would, it would pull you out of whatever we were doing. That, that thought of, like, oh, I have to look this up. Oh, well, I have to figure this out. I have to know what five other movies this random actor was in. <laughs> that sort of thing that you would do. It would frustrate me because it would be like, well, this, this is taking you away from whatever we're doing. Like, I just wanted you to be present in the moment. Yeah. And not have this tension of, oh, I have to look it up. Yeah, and it wasn't, I never understood that really until I started, like, doing these things and putting my phone away. And then you, even though you're not, like, addicted to your phone in a way that I was at all, like, so much better boundaries with your phone, I was feeling frustrated. of like, oh, now that I'm fully present, like, why aren't you... And it was oh, like this, yeah. And I was thinking, like, okay, now you're doing it. But really, it was just because I finally put mine down enough to realize in those moments that you were giving me the same amount of time. But just because I slowed down more didn't mean, like, that you were going to, like, yeah. necessarily. But then we had to find that balance of, like, okay, like, when we go out places, we're putting phones away. And it's helped us a lot. And, like, even... As we speak tonight, I had to give my phone over to Chelsea. Well, like, I it's more well, like I, kinda took, I it took it from you. Before it could even be a distraction, which is I great. I figured it would be. And it, like I'm telling you, like, and it's crazy because I don't even have, I have no social media on my phone, nothing like that. The only thing that I get notifications from is text messages. And I think because of that. I feel like it's a priority because it's my only notification. You get a lot of texts from a lot of people. I do. I get a lot of texts. I have a very active friend group, and and the people I work with, we really enjoy working with each other, and there's just times where we talk about things that come into our mind randomly at night. It's like, hey, you know how we want to celebrate our volunteers? What if we did this? Because That's what, I'm, that's what I was meaning at Applebee's tonight with... When I said, I feel like you talk about work and you're texting about work long after work has ended. You didn't know what I meant. So it's exactly and, an example maybe, of that. I'm just going to say this here because for me, it this is where I need to have a boundary of like understanding that it is work. But to me, let me tell you, I love my job. I absolutely love it. And oftentimes, it does not feel like work. So to me, it's just like a fun conversation. I'm like, I can't <laughs> wait to do this. Oh, my goodness. And so uh, it is something that kind of distracts me because I'm excited about it. I'm like, oh, I got to respond to this because this is great. And so understanding, hey, I need to put my phone away. I need to do that. And I am trying to utilize the new iOS 15 for you Apple users out there that allows focus time, which you get to choose who sends you notifications. So I set it to where it is just my immediate family members and my love. So it's the only notifications that come in ever. Everything else, they'll get When a, you have it set to that mode, right? Yeah, when I have it. I mean, I just started... Right, I mean, but you don't always have it on. You don't always have it on that mode. I'm, I'm saying I had it, it started two days ago, so it's not like I could use it much. No, I'm just making the clarification that you can choose oh, yes, to I turn can, on or I can off that mode. When, yes. In case people want to do that, it doesn't have to always be like that. Like, you can decide from 9 o'clock at night to 7 a.m. I'm going to have it on focus mode. Like you can customize it that way. Yeah. And I think it's so crazy how when we put our limitations and boundaries on our tech, like how much better discussions we have. Like, <laughs> what are you laughing? I feel like this conversation has shifted from hustle and busyness to purely technological boundaries. Because so <laughs> much of it is to do with technology. That is what... That is a huge part of what takes our busyness. Maybe this will be a two-in-one conversation of how to have boundaries with technology and cut out hurry in your life. There you go. <laughs> and so, 
uh, like, what was I saying? Uh, what were you saying? I was talking about how, you know, cutting... Oh, work, you were saying how it doesn't feel like work sometimes. No, that was earlier. I was going to say, uh, that, like, being able to cut out technology from our lives more has opened our conversations to be deeper and like I don't know just allowed us to think more and not always be on edge when that next text is going to come in or the next notification because how many times do I seriously sit there and like in the middle of a conversation even if it's just the message or notification I the eyes go down you know the eyes look at the screen it's drawn and it's like immediately Mm -hmm. just like that like my attention's gone it's now off of you. You don't have my undivided attention. And then what happens, I know you're on, you're listening to this and thinking, oh man, like, let me tell you, I know you're feeling this because I feel this all the time of what does that text say? Like, there's almost like this anxiety of like, I have to read it. I have to read it. This pull to it, like, oh gosh. And so I feel that a lot. So it's almost better to just not even have it because then I don't feel it. And maybe a first step is you read it, but you don't respond immediately. Yeah, yeah. And it's like, how many times do you feel, like, annoyed when you're sitting next to a, like, or talking to anyone, and they're like, like, say I'm talking to you right now, my love, and I'm just talking and talking, and all of a sudden, you start pulling out your phone and typing away, and it's like, I could say whatever I wanted right now, because I know you're not listening, and... I've kind of tried this out a couple of times. Like, the thing I go to now is like, and then the monkey jumped out of the cage, and they're like, oh, yeah, mm-hmm, yeah, that's crazy, mm-hmm. And I'm like, and then he started playing chess against me, but then he broke my crayons. So I punched him in the face, and I just start going off on this wild tangent until they realize that I'm not even talking about what we were talking about before. And it takes them way longer than it should to yeah. recognize that. And it's crazy, because I'm like, that just proves to me that you are not listening. You, There's no such thing as double tasking like that. Like, your mind can only focus on one thing. That is, like, a scientific thing. Like, yeah. it can only focus on one thing at a time. Yeah. I, I want to shift the conversation, again, away from just the technology aspect. Right. In the sense of... There is a huge technological component to busyness, for sure. But then there's also the things that we do that enhance that and that add to just feeling like we're so busy all the time. And I had a thought, and now it's escaping me. What was I going to say before I got distracted? I don't remember. I really don't remember what I was going to say. It totally escaped my mind. Oh, wait, no, it came back to me. It came back to me. (laughs) So you were saying that you had the technological struggle when you were feeling hurried. back to technology now. It's not back to technology now. You had that Mm. thing. That wasn't, I don't think that's necessarily been my issue as much. I do think there's room for improvement, but I think that was more of a your thing. But I think my thing was when I get really busy, I have zero space for anything new. Mm. Like, new shows to watch, new people to hang out with, new anything. I'm like, no. Shut no. Down. I don't want to do that. I don't have time. How many times have I told you, I don't have time to, to get to know this person. I don't have time for that. Because it, it would it's, be like that. That takes work, and it's like, yeah. It takes too much time, and I feel like I don't have the time to put into it. Which is not true. That's a lie. There is time to do it. It's. I think sometimes we trick ourselves into thinking, I don't have the time, I don't have the time for this. We might very well have the time, we're just not using it in those ways. Yep. So I do think it'd be interesting for me... To write down all the things that I feel like I don't have time for. And then in a separate column, write down all the things that I do. Like, kind of like a daily log of, like, activities. 
and then to see, just just compare them. Mm. Because I guarantee there are things that I do that I could stop doing that then I would have the time to do that. And so I think we get into this illusion of, well, if I had five more hours a day, then I could do these things. You won't. You'll fill it with a bunch of other stuff. And you won't still do those You'll things. You'll fill it with a bunch of other useless stuff because you're just going to watch that two more episodes. Now that I have the time, I'm going to watch two more episodes. Yeah. And really, it just takes structuring and organizing your life accordingly and something that we're talking about doing. And I have my own personal one written down, but uh, something we want to do together is create a rule of life, which is... Here's what we want to stick to. Here's what we value. Here's practical ways that we can do life together, whether that's our work life or our personal lives or our married life, you know, all those things mapped out and written down to say, no, you have this written on paper that you want to do it because there's an accountability to when it's written down. Mm-hmm. And so we want to be able to do that. And and so that's what we want to do. I think uh, we're going to start wrapping up soon. Wrapping up. Wrapping up soon. <laughs> uh, but I think these are some good things that were listed in the book that I mentioned earlier. And uh, this is 20 ways that we can live our life at a slower pace and get things done. You're not going to read all 20 of them, are you? I can but it's very, very short sentences and short ways I... and practical ways. Just things that you might stick out. It's not bad. She gets Maybe frustrated. just do like five. I will. I'll do that times four. <laughs> but oh, just I'll just go fast. It will not take more than maybe two minutes. What's the hurry? <laughs> Slow <laughs> if down. there's no hurry, then why would you go fast? Ooh. <laughs> Well, I'm going to read these. So one, drive the speed limit. I know that can be so cringy sometimes, but just drive the speed limit. People will get mad at you, maybe. But it is good to slow down and do that. Get into the slow lane. Come to a full stop at stop signs. I know when I did that while you were in the car for the first time, you were just like, what are you doing? Like, it's like... I'm fully stopping and you're like okay and it's like crazy that we barely like we just do the roll stops at least most people we know do that um don't text and drive show up 10 minutes early for an appointment get in the longest checkout line at the grocery store turn your smartphone into a dumb phone so Remove your emails, social media, web access, games, etc., etc. Things that pull you away from the moment. Parent your phone. Put it to bed before you. Make it sleep in so you wake up before it. Um, this one you could try if you wanted to. Get a flip phone. and Or ditch your cell phone altogether if that's what you really need or want to do. Keep your phone off until after your morning quiet time. Set times to check your email. That one's really hard. Because especially at work, you're like, no, I have to check my email. But really, you know, they say, like, you should expect an email back one to three business days, typically. And it's like, why the pressure to get on it right now, then? Every time you get an email, email notifications, especially turn those off. Okay, another one. Set a time and time limit for your social media. Kill your TV slash set a limit for the amount of hours you watch. Do single tasks. Don't focus. Don't try to double task. Just do one thing. Walk slower. So don't speed walk. Just walk at a very slow pace. I'm almost done. (laughs) Take a regular day alone for silence and solitude. So just time to be in the quiet and nature. Take up journaling. Experiment with mindfulness and meditation. So just being mindful of what's going on and looking inward. 
And if you can, take long vacations. And lastly, cook your own food. Eat in. I think that's a good one. Mm -hmm. I think so often we feel like it's... I was just talking about this with someone else today, actually, about... We feel like we can save so much time by going to fast food, but how long do we wait in those lines sometimes? And it takes way longer than if we were just to cook it. And it would probably be way better for us to actually have time to just cook and prepare a healthy meal rather than a fast food. I think even waiting in the drive-thru line would be an interesting discipline of patience. Like, like waiting in the line and not complaining about how long it's taking. Mm. Go to any Taco Bell at 6 o'clock on a Friday... And just be okay with how long the line is. Because there's always a line, and they're always pretty slow. So, that could be a way, too, of, like... Like, that acceptance of this is going to take a while, and I'm just going to sit here. I'm going to enjoy my surroundings. I'm going to enjoy a conversation with someone if there's someone in the car, or... I'm just going to sit here and think. And not get frustrated, and not have that internal voice of, like, why are they taking so long? They're always short-staffed. That's just me, maybe. That's just me that thinks that they're always short-staffed. But yeah, disclaimer, again, these are not all original ideas. We are not taking credit for some of these things. These are all from The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry by John Mark Homer. You should go get it. Sadly, he's not one of our sponsors, so... We're not getting paid to promote this book. We're just promoting it because we like it and think that it could be helpful for really anyone. Yeah. Do you have any final thoughts? Things you want to say? Final thoughts. Um, I think I just want to acknowledge that it is really hard to cut out hurry in our lives. It is. It's not a straightforward thing. Again, like, sometimes there are just busy times in our life or we just some people just work busy jobs and there's no way around that people have kids and their kids are involved in anything that is extra stuff that you have to be at and take them to and pick them up from like again there's not easy solutions to any of that so it's definitely not as easy as like well just don't do this so it's not a straightforward thing that's what I wanted to acknowledge that it's not a super easy, quick solution to cutting out hurry. I think it's a discipline, and any discipline is grueling sometimes and uncomfortable, but it's rewarding in the end. That takes discipline to do it. Yeah, that's good. I think the last thing I would say is I hope that you're able to find that book, Ruthless Elimination of Hurry by John Mark Homer, and find freedom from it. Find freedom from the busyness and the hurry of life. And at least be aware of it. Because, you know, even though we struggle with it, at least we're aware. And so I hope the same happens for you. Well, I'm glad that we could finally be back and do another episode. And I hope to see you guys soon. See you guys. Bye.